Welcome to One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm not a Dr. Anna. I'm a mom and a therapist. And I'm a high school student and a daughter. Each week, we'll discuss relevant parenting topics. And we'll interview some fantastic guest experts. And leave you with practical tips and information. Welcome, everyone. Hello everyone, Dr. Terry Egan here. Normally, we have Anna with us. She is normally my co-host, but today she is completely occupied with other things, so you just have me today. I hope that all of you had a chance to have a really restful break over the winter holiday and you got some rest and spent time with family and just had some downtime. Today we're going to talk about five characteristics of empowered stepmothers. So in my work as a therapist, a child and adolescent therapist, and as a parent coach, I work with a lot of stepmoms. I work with a lot of families who are going through separation and divorce, and I work with a lot of families who are in the process of becoming a blended family. I've learned that, and I've learned this also through some personal experience because I'm a stepmother, that being a stepmom is one of the hardest roles there are in a family. It's just a very challenging role. So I just want to acknowledge, first of all, that the role of stepmother, which is also called a bonus mom, a step monster, uh, my dad's wife, my ex's new wife, there's a lot of different ways to refer to that role. But it is a factual thing that stepmothering is fundamentally different from stepfathering. The research out there indicates that it's more stressful to be a stepmother than a stepfather. And there's a couple reasons for that. Of course, we know that popular media, TV shows and movies and things like that, oftentimes vilify stepmothers as being unkind, being a monster, breaking up families, things like that. And there's a a meme that I see all the time that says, Walt Disney makes movies for kids and all stepmothers are evil. And it's kind of true. I mean, there's just a lot of content out there that implies that stepmothers are, are evil, bad. But to get to some of the nitty gritty about why stepmothering is so difficult, first of all, so many stepmothers express that it's not what they expected. They expected things to go differently, maybe more smoothly. They expected there to be less resistance or pushback, either from their stepkids or from their stepkids' mother, or even from their spouse, who may have been either co-parenting with the child's mother or children's mother, or maybe doing it on their own for a while. And so now having this person come into their life, and even though this person is welcome to get used to what it's like to co-parent from the same house, can be a really big adjustment for the spouse also. You know, and everybody's coming to that relationship with some emotional baggage, whether it's the stepmom from maybe a prior relationship or the dad from their their marriage or the relationship from their kid's mom. The kids have an impression about what their family life should look like and, and just kind of the emotional fallout from their biological parents going through some sort of separation. So everybody kind of comes in hot or at least sort of escalated. And that means that everybody is has the potential to notice a behavior and find it offensive or to have their feelings be heard, or have something be taken personally, or interpret a really typical developmental milestone as being more stressful because it's 
occurring in a family that's a blended family. Um, dad and stepmom often have two different parenting styles and sometimes they can evolve together and other times it feels like it's more conflictual. Um, managing ex-partners, you know, you might have a stepmom who also has an ex. That's what I have in my circumstance where I'm married, my husband is co-parenting with his children's mom, and then I'm co-parenting with my kid's dad. So we have to take into account the other adults who are in this relationship. And so sometimes that can get a bit muddy. Also, I do want to acknowledge that if you don't have the same connection with your stepchild as you do maybe your biological child, um, I, think, I guess I just want to acknowledge that exists. There's a lot of times stepmoms, like, they feel a sense of guilt. If it's harder to connect with a stepchild. And I tell them, like, you may not have been in this child's life since they were tiny, tiny, tiny. You might be coming along when they're four or they're six or they're 12 or they're 16. And they do have two other primary parents much of the time. And so you really are another adult who's there to fill a parenting role and to be a, a role model and give it, you know, a sense of support. But you're not coming in with the same status as parents who've been there since birth or since the day that child was adopted. Um, I do want to include adoptive parents and not just refer to parents as being biological because that's certainly not always the case. I don't think there's enough support for stepmothers out there. There are some online groups where stepmothers have congregated to share perspectives and vent and get support from each other, but I really feel like what we're lacking is some consistent skilled support from the mental health field. And I think there's a lot out there, but I don't know that stepmothers know it's there and they don't access it. And I'm not sure that they're always valuing themselves enough to reach out towards it and say, I need this. I need this for me. I need this for my new family. I want this to be successful. And it might mean getting a skilled third party. And then lastly, the stigma of stepmothers, like I mentioned prior, as well as statistics aren't on your side. We know that as high of a divorce rate as there is for families who have been married one time, you know, I mean, we know that divorce occurs in about 50% of marriages, that rate is even higher in second marriages or third marriages. So you've been in an experience potentially where at least one of the partners in this blended family has left a significant relationship, whether it's a marriage or not. And so that possibility looms in, in their mind that is that has become a possibility for them because it's something they've lived through before so it's just something that i want step parents to really feel like recognized for because i understand that dynamic um so i want to talk about some characteristics of empowered stepmothers so one of the primary things that i wanted to start off with right away is strong positive empowered stepmothers recognize their power they recognize that they are the woman in the household, and regardless of their experience with stepmotherhood, they're usually the leader within that home setting. They're usually setting the emotional tone. They're the kinship keeper, which means that they're often the ones who is coordinating like social events or family connections with the extended family. They're more likely to establish the routines. They might be planning vacations or allocating the budget, things like that. And what can happen, though, is despite having such a leadership role, is they can end up feeling kind of powerless because they're new to the culture between the spouse and his kids, 
the spouse and their ex or the spouse's ex and the kids. And it can be difficult for stepmothers to really recognize that they have this powerful role within their own home. And the goal is to have stepmoms kind of gravitate toward or sort of harness that power based on what they can control because they can't control everything and then what they need to let go of because it's outside their control. And so the goal is that this power will be used to create harmony versus causing discord. That's the goal. So one first characteristic of, of stepmothers who feel really empowered is when stepmothers recognize that power. The second thing that I want to note is when stepmothers do have the opportunity to seek support from other stepmothers, they do it in a way that surrounds themselves with positivity and hopefulness. So there are times when I see, and I am a stepmother, so I definitely have reached out to different sources over the, the five or six years that I've been involved in my stepchildren's life, is I find that there's healthy support, there's support that fosters hope, there's support that is very problem-solving focused and compassionate towards both yourself as the stepmother as well as the children and the other spouse in the family. But I also see places where there's a lot of negativity, a lot of toxicity. And I put a couple comments here and I pulled these off of one of my stepmom groups on Facebook. And I see these over and over and over. And they're really hurtful and they really have the ability to sort of poison the culture in the stepmom world. And so, you know, I think that stepmothers who are more empowered are those that recognize there's a lot of noise out there. And not to discount the fact that stepmothers can sometimes feel very hopeless, can need to vent, can have kind of a dark thought. But if you're surrounding yourself with that kind of energy all the time, it really starts to have a negative impact on your sense of well-being as well as the mood in your family. Third characteristic of an empowered stepmom is when struggling stepmothers seek support from a professional, even if their spouse isn't on board. I know when I interact with stepmothers, oftentimes they'll say, you know, I really think I could benefit from some sort of support or counseling, but my spouse isn't on board. And sometimes the spouse just has fatigue. Like maybe they went through this long drawn out, you know, marital counseling process when they were splitting from their spouse. Maybe they've been seeking out mental health support for their children who are struggling during a divorce or separation. Maybe it just feels like too much, or maybe they have this ideal picture in their brain that blending a family just should be so hard. And so the idea of going to a therapist means suggesting that this is going poorly. But my, my response to that is the most empowered stepmothers that I see and that I work with are those who recognize that although their spouse might not be in the same space they are, they can really benefit from getting the support they need as a stepmother. So whether it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a counselor, whether it's being part of a stepmothering group, whether it's connecting with, I mean, it can, I've seen like even book clubs where a book club is comprised of a bunch of stepmoms. And yeah, they absolutely get support from each other and talk about their circumstances, but they also know they're just in a safe place once a month to read a book that's interesting and be able to just sort of have some time to themselves. So the goal for an empowered stepmother is to make sure that you are getting the support you need when you need it and not relying on the other people in your family to do it with you. Sometimes they're just not ready. Characteristic number four of an empowered stepmother 
is when stepmothers foster a sense of inner well-being, okay? And by that, I mean they tend to really recognize what their strengths are and really feel a sense of competence and have confidence in their decision-making and in their motivation to be part of this family. And they don't like get into a mode that's very competitive. There's times when stepmothers who are struggling more, they're, they're competing. They're competing to win the love and respect and affection from their stepchildren. They wanna demonstrate that they're a better partner than their spouse's ex was. They wanna be viewed as the primary partner in the eyes of their in-laws. It can be difficult or it can be challenging for stepmothers to kind of fit into a family that was once comprised of a family unit that included the ex. And, you know, sometimes they have a goal of being happier or more successful than their spouse's ex. And it can end up being a burden that weighs them down and keeps them from fostering that sense of, of inner well-being. So those empowered stepmoms, they go out and they try to find that sense of peace and calm and harmony within themselves so it can then be translated to their, to their life with their new spouse and with their stepchildren. Characteristic number five, when stepmothers refuse to compare themselves. So, and this happens in the entire parenting world. It's certainly not specific to stepmothers. I mean, we see so much parents shaming other parents, but I feel that stepmothers in particular have it hard because there's times when you're looking at social media and you know that you have a, a Facebook friend or an Instagram friend who is a member of a blended family and they are wearing matching pajamas and they're making cookies and they are going on a family hike or jumping in the pool and it just seems like they have it easier, that it's going more smoothly. We see that there are stepmoms on TV shows and social media that you know, that really speak to sort of what the ideal picture is. I know for me, coming, seeing that we're coming out of the holiday season, I've watched a lot of Hallmark movies, and I see there's times where, you know, the romantic story is the dad was in a relationship and maybe the biological mom, like, died, and now he's trying to find love again, and he, you know, connects with this woman who has this amazing bond with his children and then they fall in love and they live happily ever after, you know, and they don't show the times where the stepchild screams, but you're not my mom or I don't have to listen to you. They don't show those parts of it. And so we can get this idea of what it's supposed to look like, but it so rarely meets those expectations because they're ideal. They're not really meant to exist. And so when we see that there are stepmoms who are able to separate what they're seeing out there, which is probably a skewed vision anyway, and protect themselves against feeling guilt or shame or sadness or anger or resentment, hopelessness, then these are women who are gonna go into that relationship feeling more confident and empowered. And it's gonna be conveyed to their spouse and to their stepchildren. When resentment simmers over in a home with a blended family, that is extraordinarily stressful on everyone. So empowered stepmoms do what they can to avoid getting into that, that place. So if you're a stepmom out there and you're hearing some of these things and you're thinking, Ugh, I'm kind of like that, or Ugh, I don't know that I've, I've done these empowering things, consider seeking professional help. You can do it if you just plain old want to. Um, if you're having feelings like feeling like you're a babysitter, 
in your role as stepmom versus a true co-parent to your spouse and connected adult to your stepchildren. If you feel like you're being disrespected, if you're struggling with feelings of anger or resentment or anxiety, um, if you have dread when it comes to interacting with your blended family or with your stepchildren or with the stepchildren's biological mother, if you're feeling like you're competing with your stepchildren for attention from your spouse, if you feel like there's a disconnect between how your biological children are being treated in the home or interacted with versus your stepchildren, um, you know, if you feel like you could benefit from strategies, then make sure you're reaching out for professional help. If you're in that place where you're feeling like you're physically or emotionally unsafe, absolutely get some support. I do want to tell you a little bit about a group that I have beginning at the end of January. And I'm really excited about it. It's called the Empowered Stepmother, and it's a support group for stepmothers who are seeking a more harmonious blended family. And the goal is that you come away from this group feeling valued, feeling connected, and feeling really informed about things that you can do to support your family. And so this group, like I said, is going to start at the end of January. Our first meeting is going to be on Tuesday, on January 26th, and it's going to be a 90-minute session. And I'm going to be facilitating it. And at the most we're going to have is 10 stepmothers max because we want to keep our group connected and intimate and we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to share their perspective, make sure that the other members of the group are benefiting from your thoughts and strategies and just everybody having a voice. So we're going to focus on defining your role in your home or in your parenting life, the do's and don'ts of healthy communication, managing stepchildren who aren't always welcoming, dealing with the challenges of co-parenting with your stepchildren's biological mom. Obviously, we're also going to be talking about your relationship with your spouse and how you guys work as a team. And then also making sure to have a place for hurt or resentment that has been fostered during your step-parenting life so far. I really want stepmoms to connect with other stepmoms in a really healthy positive, hopeful way. And I want them to learn strategies that are really effective to cope with the stressors of step parenting. The goal is for you to walk away feeling really empowered in your role as a stepmother. So right now, we're going to do those eight sessions that are 90 minutes each. The cost is $600. However, there is a $50 discount if you register by January 16th. And what that does is it helps bring the pricing down so it's below $70 per session. So for 90 minutes, $70 per session, which is I think a third of the cost if you were to work with me for that same amount of time every session, you know, you're going to get so much value for that. And I do want to share with you that it's important to me to have everybody in the group feel like it's a good fit for them. So what I'd like to do is if you go to the website, which is www.drtaraegan.com, and you fill out the inquiry form, the goal is for me to connect with you via a brief phone call just to make sure your questions are answered, that I know enough about your circumstances to make sure the group is going to be a good fit for you because we're all going to be there working together and you know working hard. So check it out. I'm also all over Facebook right now. If you go to Dr. Tara Egan Facebook page or Dr. Egan and Anna Instagram page, 
you can get a link directly to this information page that can give you all that solid information and you can decide if you want to send an inquiry form. Once you send an inquiry form, it kind of reserves your spot. And um, once we do the discovery call, if you decide you want to go ahead, great, you're all set. If you decide it's not a good fit for you, then of course, we're going to go on to the next prospective participant. So I really hope that this seems like a helpful resource for all of you out there. If anybody has any questions, you can send me an email. You can pop onto Facebook and ask me a question. So I really appreciate you being here with us today. I hope to hear more from you. I really encourage you to take advantage of the early bird pricing. And my contact information, like always, is www.drtaraegan.com. And you can learn more from me every week during the parenting webinars that we have at noon on Mondays, which you can register for via my website, or you can tune in to the One Day You'll Thank Me Parenting Podcast. So thanks so much. Have a great day. listeners, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about a private Facebook group that I just created. It's called Adolescence, a Parents Guide, a support group for high school parents. Parents or caregivers of high schoolers or soon-to-be high schoolers are encouraged to join. We'll be sharing educational resources, supporting each other as we survive the roller coaster of parenting a high schooler, and offering a shoulder to cry on when it all gets too stressful. Search for us on Facebook to listen, learn, and join the discussion.